Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Alrighty, well, it is a 500-year anniversary of Martin Luther's great speech at the Diet of Worms where he said, I will not, I cannot retract anything for it is neither safe nor right for a Christian to speak against his conscience. We've been talking about the issues of conscience these last several days, and uh, if you've missed those, please go back and listen. Um, I kind of want to start the show today by asking the question, what if someone under the pretense of conscience uh, is using that as camouflage to commit some sin? And, and they're, they're essentially saying, well, I can... Oh, he, here, here's an example. Well, God wants me to be happy... Uh, therefore, I'm going to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. And my conscience is telling me that's okay. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe we could set it up like that. Yeah. And, and, you could, and, you and could, if you've been in ministry long enough, you've heard that. Yeah, ab- yeah. <laughs> ab- absolutely. And um, you could even take the example a little bit further. And, you know, God wants me to be happy, so I'm going to divorce my wife and marry my girlfriend. That's right. Yep. So perfect, and and my conscience is telling me that's and, okay. And my conscience is telling me that that that's okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, once again, uh, when we've throughout this series on Christian conscience, we've been talking about the Westminster Confession of Faith, which uh, Chapter Twenty is uh, an in, an incredibly wise and and deeply biblical um, chapter on. Uh, Christian conscience. And as we've pointed out before, it, it begins, the first paragraph in chapter 20 is about the liberty of conscience, the freedom of conscience that we have as Christians, uh, freedom from guilt, uh, freedom from the from the weight and uh, captivity to sin, uh, freedom from uh, fear of the wrath of God, uh, freedom from the curse of the moral law, and on and on. Um, and, but then in paragraph 3, it gives a warning, and uh, this is a, a very wise and loving warning about misuse of conscience. And it says, They who, upon pretense of Christian liberty, do practice any sin or cherish any lust, do thereby destroy the end of Christian liberty, which is that being delivered out of the hands of of our enemies, we might serve the Lord without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. So we've been set free, the Westminster Confession says, we've been set free to serve the Lord Mm -hmm. and to serve him without fear. And it reminds me of something that Luther said. He said, sin boldly and trust in Christ more boldly still. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and he didn't mean you know go out and whoop go out and just sin, 
you know, he, he was he was using hyperbole to say trust in the grace of, of God given through Jesus Christ. And I think and, what I think what's taking place here in that uh, third paragraph of the Westminster chapter twenty is um, the danger that of urging a false innocence on somebody. Or, you know, I mean, we can even communicate false innocence. Uh, you know, when we when we encourage a false innocence, or even when our conscience is encouraging that false innocence, well, I you know, I can do this. I have freedom to do this. You know, we are we're exposing them to the judgment of God. Um, by not saying something to them in I, those cases. I, I like what you said on yesterday's broadcast where you said, uh, if someone says, uh, well, my conscience is telling me to do this, you basically say, well, let's let's walk through the word of God together. Can you show me from the scripture how you're getting that conclusion? And I think in the example that we set up about, hey, God wants me to be happy, and so therefore my conscience is telling me that I can you know, mm-hmm. divorce my wife and marry my girlfriend. Um, that is abusing uh, mm-hmm the conscience that's abusing Christian liberty. Mm-hmm. And um, clearly you, you could not show someone from the word of God where that would be. Okay. They're at that point that their, their conscience is not bound to the word of God at all. It's, it's like that kite uh, that's flying in the air <laughs> untethered. Right. Right. The, the, the kite with the cut string. Right. Um, and it, <clears throat> it reminds me um, of one of the, one of the uh, most wicked skills that human beings have, um, and one of the reasons why we need to have the conscience moored in something other than our internal feelings, one of the most wicked skills that human beings have, and we all have it, is self-justification. Yes. Uh, we can We can figure out a way to justify just about any sin and to explain to ourselves why it's acceptable, why I needed to do this, why it's okay that I'm doing this. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, well, I, I, I think of, uh, Adam in the garden after he had eaten the forbidden fruit that God said, don't eat this. He said, the woman that you gave me. Yeah, he blamed God. He blamed God. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it, it's total self-justification. And, and of course, he, he ends up, Adam ends up being convicted of, of, of his sin. Um, but uh, this is why... This is this is why we need the Word of God, and it's why we need to be in fellowship with other Christians because we can deceive ourselves, yeah. and we can manipulate conscience into justifying just about anything. That's right. I want to move on to uh, the second question that I wanted to ask today because otherwise we're going to run out of time. Um, how should we relate to fellow Christians um, when our consciences disagree? And I'm not talking about using your conscience as a cover for sin, but when we truly come to different conclusions mm-hmm. about what we believe the word of God says. Yeah. So what should we do? Should we you know, send some terrible things to them on Facebook or tweet about them or you know, throw rocks at their house? I mean, th- those would be in the top five, right? Of, for sure. of things yes. that we should do. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, John Calvin in his uh, institutes, he was dealing with the, the freedom you know, regarding church practices you know, in worship. Um, and he made an argument for doing some things according to the best 
interest of the church and the judgment of charity. So there, you know, and and in that he he says, you know, there there's confusion in certain details that become seeds of great contention if every man were allowed as he pleased to change matters affecting public order. For it will never happen that the same thing will please all if matters are regarded as indifferent and left to individual choice. He says, so this knowledge assures that first that each one will keep his freedoms in all these things, yet each one will voluntarily impose some necessity upon his freedom as far as decorum and consideration of love shall require. So, you know, I actually am, you know, we all have this understanding. We impo- I'm free to do certain things, you know, um, but I'll impose a, a, I'll impose some considerations upon that because I'm concerned for somebody else. And I think that that's one of the ways in which we deal with um, people where our consciences disagree. Unfortunately, they're not do- sometimes not doing the same thing for us. We might be going, we might be going the second mile in that case, but that's really what uh, a judgment of charity would do. Well, and, and in Romans fourteen, um, it, Paul divides it up between the weaker brother and the stronger brother. The weaker brother, uh, when he looks at his his brother who's not practicing his scruples, he judges him. Well, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not a good Christian like I am. You're your subset and the stronger brother um, looks at the weaker brother and and his sin is that oh you pitiful weak you know he disdains him that's the word yes. that Paul uses yes. and so what Paul is Paul is saying in Romans 14 is that it's not enough to be the stronger brother he's actually calling you to be the strongest brother uh-huh. where, where you're neither judging nor despising yes but you're welcoming you're embracing you're loving because that's what Christ has done he has welcomed us. Yes, and, and humility also calls us never assume that you are the stronger brother. Yeah, yeah. Don't make that assumption. Yep. Well, here, I mean, we were talking about this at an elders meeting uh, just last night that I believe that, so if you, if you, you know, have a, like a, a banquet table of all these Christian doctrines that are in front of you, on some of those doctrines, I might be the stronger brother. On some of them, I might be the weaker brother. I don't think uh-huh. it's like this one, you're, you're cast to be the weaker brother in all things, or right. you're cast right. to be the stronger brother in all things. Right. I think we, ha- we have those in different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if um, this is again where we, we talked at the end of the show yesterday about how this is not relativism. Um, it doesn't call us to think that all these views are necessarily equal. It doesn't call us to think, um, to put our opinions and our, our own convictions aside, but actually it, it recognizes that we do have this earnest view that this other person is wrong, but to love them still and to, and to not think, for example, that they are um, necessarily trying to uh, not serve the Lord. But we're to recognize that their desire, their motivation is to serve the Lord. Yeah. And so um, that's where the humility comes in is, is, to, is to recognize that, hey, um, other people can serve the Lord and their conscience is tethered to the word and it might look different from the way I do it. And it's again, it's not, it's not uh, relativism saying anything goes or there's no right answer. But it's to say, hey, I, I think I'm right, but it's okay if somebody else is doing it differently. And mm-hmm. it, it, at worst, they're guilty of a hidden sin. Yeah. 
They're not. Um, they're not presuming upon the grace of God. They're not rebelling yeah. with their volition right. against God. Yep. You know, ultimately, it's about preserving the gospel and proclaiming the gospel. And our choices about these things will do one or the other. You'll you'll be either preserving it, or you'll be proclaiming it. And those are the two. That's that's really where our Christian liberty comes down to. Amen. And and you know, right in the the heart, the beating heart of Romans fourteen, that's Paul's argument. He says the gospel. This is the reason why Christ died, mm-hmm. not so that you could be the Lord of other people's consciences, but so that Christ would be both the Lord of the living and the dead. Uh-huh. I mean, when when we are when we are acquiescing and we're saying, "Hey, brother, we we might not agree on this. Uh, I love you anyway." We're saying we're we're proclaiming that Jesus is still Lord over your conscience, and Jesus is still Lord over my conscience. Mm-hmm. When, when I try to uh, tyrannically impose my conscience upon you, I'm trying to say, I'm your Lord. Right. And that's what Westminster Confession of Faith when it, when it is getting at when it says God alone is Lord of the mm-hmm. conscience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Josh, I'm not Lord of your conscience. Yeah. Paul, I'm not Lord of your conscience. Uh, only God is Lord of your conscience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, maybe this will be a teaser for, do you want to say something, Jonathan? No, go ahead. Uh, teaser for to to stay tuned to tomorrow because now we're going to, tr- tr- by the grace of God, try to apply this to these these vaccine mandates that have come out. How does the conscience uh, inform us about vaccine mandates? And just to, just a teaser. I'll, I'll I'll say what you said, uh, Phil. Uh, vaccine good, not necessarily anything wrong with vaccine mandate bad so there's the teaser that's my direct quote yes (laughs) so uh you've been listening to the gospel for life uh if you've missed any of our our past broadcasts just subscribe to the gospel for life we've hoped that you've enjoyed this series um we hope to see you next time